Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Flip your wig with Max. All about creative people that never give up till they reach success and desires and true happiness. And we all need to just like love and support each other, and that's what I think this new generation of artists is doing. What's up? Flipping our wig with Max. <laughs> Super excited about sharing this week's podcast. No More Wings has just been showcased at the We Are One Global Film Festival. It's been written and directed by Brit Abraham Adiyami. The heartfelt story of two childhood friends, Jude and Isaac. You watch them in this short as kids in the local chicken shop and then as adults, split between the two different times in their lives. They talk about their dreams, their goals and now different paths that they are heading in. The heart, realism and beauty in the way it's written and the actors have played out their parts makes this story incredibly impactful, especially right now. We sat down over Zoom with the all black cast and crew and spoke movie making inspirations and most importantly reflected on the racism and prejudice the industry is built on and how you can navigate it enjoy Rihanna needs stability soon she's going to need to go nursery she's got to pattern up get things together for her Bianca all of us you got this, bruv. The best dad I know. Welcome to the show, Abraham and Abby. It's really nice to have you both here. Before we talk about the film, Black Lives Matter, it's an incredible time right now, and I think we're all trying to be a part of the change and a part of this bigger, wider conversation to stop racism and everything that's going on in the world right now. It's on social media, it's on the news, it's a conversation that we're having with our family, our friends, it's everywhere. Starting with you, Abraham, how are you feeling about everything right now? It's been really exhausting, and, you know, I think what I've really appreciated, one of the many things I've appreciated over the last few days is just seeing a lot of people talking about their experiences that they suppressed. So I think even this morning, the first thing I saw on Instagram was where someone was like, being black is worrying about, I think it was like something like worrying about leaving a shop without an item because you feel like because you've left, you haven't bought anything, they're going to think you've stolen something. And like, it's, it's those that's a part of everyday life and we don't talk about it we don't say it we don't but we're all feeling those things and and you know I I feel I, 
I've spent my last few days having so many conversations offline with friends in group chats and stuff like that. And it's been a lot, but I, I, I feel happy that we're having those conversations. I feel like there's a sense of a, of, it's a lot more intentional. I think in many of my group chats, there's also as much as, yeah, I said that I'm, I'm normally an optimist, but in this regards, I try not to be optimistic whenever. Unfortunately, I've slipped into optimism again, where I do feel optimistic. However, what I feel most optimistic about is also whether things do change or they don't change with people who are non-Black. I can see so much more tangibly that we as Black people are now like, well, what can we do for each other? Like, I think I wrote on Twitter earlier today, I, was, I, I did a bit of a thread, I was just like, we've only ever had us, and as in we, we've never been able to rely on anyone but ourselves. And, and now that we're, you know, as much as we want to see change and we're hoping for change, we're also prepared and being like, cool, well, what can we do for, other, for each other? What can we do to prop each other up? What can we do to support each other's community, support each other within the community, with each other's ventures? And that's amazing. Like Abby, like, I know you and I were talking earlier on the phone and we were just touching on it a little bit. As women as well, women of colour in the industry, I'm sure you've experienced, like, a lot of times where we've kind of not... I feel like dumb ourselves down, but very aware of how we present ourselves to make other people feel comfortable. It's really easy to fall into that space of trying to make things palatable, trying to make yourself palatable, the way you speak, the, just you trying to make yourself something other than you so you fit into a space. Um, and then just going back to what Abe said, though, it does feel like we've sort of woken up this week um, and just said, no, actually, <laughs> we come as we are. Um, and we're going to build those spaces for ourselves. We're going to own those spaces ourselves. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what comes next. I'm really hoping that we can keep the same energy. Need the peace. Only way to make this thing work, no? Guess I have to come over to your place, big man. <laughs> Buying up houses in that, yeah? But your mom's proper proud. So what? Celebratory meal. Should have been on me, fam. Nah, man. It's all good. At least you didn't bail this time. That's enough for me. But just try not to be a stranger to the end, yeah? And that is a little clip of brand new movie, No More Wings. It was just showcased over the last week or so over at the We Are One Global Film Festival. I have two of the people behind the film with me here today. Um, Abe, the director, and also Abby, the producer. Guys... I mean, how did it feel to have it at the festival? It feels like what it should be. It feels like all the right people are seeing it. It feels great to know that people around the world are seeing it and understanding the messaging within it, understanding the nuances of the film. I think it speaks a lot to sort of what we're talking about, about in terms of what's happening now. It's the way Abe has written it is really unapologetic. It's it's an ode to South London in language, in visual, in, in setting, in location, you know, um, understanding things beyond just the language. Um, so that's just really exciting to see. And I think it speaks a lot to what you can do when you are just authentically yourself. 
sometimes in films you always have this thing where storytellers make you hate somebody and love somebody you know there's somebody you want to see win and there's somebody else that's like you're dodgy whatever but you made me have this connection to both these boys you know both these guys and what they wanted to do and then where they ended up where, where they both ended but there was this beauty in however different they were they just had this love i love both of those characters very very deeply and um and and so i love that most people who watch the film they don't demonize either either character like there's things to love about both of them and that was definitely something that was really important to me in writing it i was like i don't want this character to come across as a bad person and and thankfully he didn't um in terms of where it came from so i i mean i grew up in south london i grew up in woolwich specifically and i went to a grammar school so all of those things are relatable to me, I you know I grew up in the noughties, so I loved grime and and for me, when I first came up with the story a couple of years ago, I, it just always sat with me, and, and I just there's you know it was it was inspired by thinking about my school friends and just imagining what would it be like if if some of them met up today and you know people's lives who have turned out differently and you know that's where the film came from. It just came from that but also wider than my friends it's also knowing that I feel like that happens to so many of us not just black people not just people from London people in general where you you know you grow apart in life more bang for your buck elsewhere though yeah cool so what we'll get our peas up and leave then what what about those left behind how are they gonna know they can get better you shot the whole film in Chicken Shop Morley's in Southeast, and I know a lot of people love Morley's food. I kind of like Insta stalked you, babe. Um, Abby's on private, so you can't see nothing on Abby's page. So, Abby... <laughs> Let's see what you found. I think you're on. Like, it's okay. I know. No pressure. It's your do your thing. But on yours now, what I loved was this. You actually met the owner of all. <laughs> was like a picture with Jay-Z. It was just like, he was actually happy right now. <laughs> Listen, I was so gassed when I met him, like, because I didn't know he was coming to set. And Abby was like, oh, hey, by the way, this is... And I'm just like, oh yo, like, and one of my boys was the phot photographer on the shoot. I'm like, yo, FJ, brother, like, come through, come through. Like, yeah, that was, that was special. And I'm yeah. so glad, you know, to have met yeah. him. I'm glad to call him a friend now like you know we were texting obviously throughout the week because of all of this we went for a drink earlier in the year and we sat down for like a good three hours just talking and and he's he's good peoples and and he he loves the film like he said something to me so beautiful when we went for that drink because Morty's was founded by his dad who passed away a number of years ago and he said to me that yeah he just feels like I've honoured his dad's legacy that his dad was a larger than life character and for his dad to have a film about his brand like if his dad was alive to see that would have just meant so much to him and you know as Morley's is getting this love that it gets in the culture for you guys I would love to know a little bit of like just backstory um whoever Abe do you want to go first I dropped out of uni in 2011 and with the ambition of writing film and tv okay. so that was the goal and and I went to do another degree in creative writing but that's not too relevant to the story but the point is I wanted to write film and TV. And, you know, I'm very 
confident. And so nine years ago, I thought I was ready. <laughs> and I'm not getting all these opportunities in film and TV that I'm applying for. And I'm getting really frustrated. And as I'm looking at the lists, the same names keep popping up over and over again. And and I'm like, all right, let me go look into these people. What have they done? Mm-hmm. And so these are people like Vinnie Patel, who wrote on Doctor Who. He wrote um, Murdered by My Father, which won a BAFTA, I think, or was nominated. Rachel De La Haye, who's incredibly talented. She wrote on, most recently, on Noughts and Crosses and The Eddie on Netflix. And I'm seeing like those two names, as well as other names, on all these things I'm applying for. Look at, go on their agent website, see what they've done. They've all come through theatre. And I was so angry. I remember it. I was like, what is this? These people don't even want to write film and TV. And when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm, I've always been a strategic person. That's how I've always worked in life. And so I was like, well, I don't want to write theatre. I find it really difficult. But these people, that's how they got it. And I'm like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And so especially with having to earn a living, keep a roof over my head and whatever, I had to spend a few years focused on theatre, even though the ultimate goal was film and TV. And actually, one of the key things that probably was the straw that broke the camel's back was Channel 4 have a scheme called Four Screenwriting. Mm-hmm. I've applied for this scheme every year since 2011. And one of those years, I saw, like, at least half the list was theatre writers, and, and which was one of the catalysts for me to go and start writing theatre. I now am finally on this scheme... And it's as a result of having written a play which I submitted and it, they obviously loved it and whatever and I got selected. So I always wanted to write film and TV, but I went to theatre to get to where I wanted to be. And to its credit, I think theatre has made me 100 times a better writer. My favourite part of like my journey mm-hmm. is the part that Abby's played in. And Abby and I went to the same university. We were a year apart. We didn't really know each other, but we had a lot of mutual friends. And when we'd finished at, when I'd left and everything, one year later, one of one of our mutual friends says, you know, I think you guys should meet up because you're doing this and so is she. And I sent Abby a short film. We meet up in, I think it was like Costa or Starbucks in Fulham Broadway. And I always say to people, from that moment onwards is when I knew I had to hold on tightly to her. Oh my God, I, I, could, I feel the joy between you two, just you talking about it. And Abby, your face just like, a part, you, 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 I love people like you, Abby, because it's like, clearly you're a big part of this and you all, people that are so crucial sometimes just take a back seat. So I'm actually glad that I forced you to do this chat because it's important for people that are creative sometimes to know that it's a collective, it isn't just... There's always a, f- a face for stuff, but there's always people behind. Like Joe, who works with me on the podcast, he's a part of this as much as I'm the person in front of the the voice or the camera. So for you, um, female producer, to have been at uni or college at such an early age, to already be so very aware of what you think works and to help your mate as well. Like, I feel like that is such a great place to be at such a young age. I owe, I owe that to a lot of people, actually. I, I wasn't sort of this hyper-aware, like, I know what I'm going to do with my life person walking around. <laughs> I always knew that I wanted to tell stories in some way. Um, um, and like Abe said, went to Brunel University, big up the Brunel Massive, um, and just met a lot of really amazing people during my time there. Um, one of them, Sheila Nortley, she was an amazing, amazing um, writer, director, producer, um, and she sort of saw me and sort of took me under her wing and <laughs> brought me on a bunch of 
productions and that's how I sort of realized okay I can do this film and tv thing because I think before then I was quite short-sighted actually I didn't really see where I could fit in um a lot of that was because I didn't see many people that looked like me I think I know um, when I'm in those spaces and I interview people and I go to festivals and I look around, I very rarely see women like us there. You know, I always am one of the few. And it, for you to be somebody in this industry, um, I'm wondering, um, Abby, what have you learned? Like, what's been the biggest lesson? Yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, <laughs> and a lot of them, I guess, I can attach to my being, my black being as well. Um, yeah, I think I think one thing that you hear a lot but I think for me it only really sort of set in and sank into I guess my psyche very recently is to believe in yourself um I've worked within a lot of institutions or brands that we that we all know and um I've always sort of struggled with where I fit in those spaces um in those rooms in those corporate spaces um and it's like as soon as I sort of realized that I should be in those rooms. Um, I work very hard to get into those rooms. I deserve to be there and I deserve for my voice to be heard. I think things started to change for me as I think so it's really, really important to believe in yourself that if you've done the work, you've put the work in, the rest is inevitable. You deserve to be in that space. You deserve to your, for your voice to be heard and your stories are valid. So. Well said, I completely agree. Self-belief, absolutely. Um, we all need more of that. I have to talk to you about the cast. They're going to be joining me very soon. Um, these four guys, what was it like to work with them? All four incredible, incredible talents, characters, people, beings. Um, I'm not just saying that as well. I think I wouldn't even, I don't know how to sort of pick individually because they all, they all sort of, they all shine in everything that they do. I just love them. Um, all sort of met the story with enthusiasm and all sort put so much work into understanding their characters, understanding their role, and they brought their A game. We had we we shot over two nights actually, so it was it was hard for them and it was a very short turnaround that we had, but they brought their A game. It really did. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to talking to the guys. We're talking to Ivano and Paris in just a bit. Abe. I just wanted to ask you, you've had the film at the We Are One Global Film Festival. Um, what are your hopes? Where do you want this film to go for the rest of the year? With No More Wings, I think, I just, I I hope it gets into more festivals. I hope more people see it. I, in the long term, I'm really excited for the, day, for the day, and I don't know when that day is, but I'm really excited when the day comes there, it has a permanent home. I don't know where that will be, but I can't wait till it's always accessible. Um, separately, one of the big reasons why I can't wait for it to be always and permanently accessible is especially because I think it could be used really well in schools. Like I have a number of teachers who have got in contact with me, who've watched it and like, I would love to show this to my students and I can't wait for that time. And on a bigger scale, I think, you know, let's see what happens with the films, with festivals and all of those things. And there are also a number of, conversations that have happened and continue to happen about my ambitions for the film one of the the beauty of the film is that it it's in 10 minutes you capture about 14 years of life and so that means there's still the rest of that 14 years yeah. the stuff that's happened before and the stuff that's happened after so that lends itself very well to either being film or television and yeah once there's something to if and when there's something to announce on that front, then 
by all means, I'll let everyone know. But that's definitely something that I would be excited to do. Well, I'm wishing you guys more success, more projects, more happiness. Um, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Thank you. I loved it. Take care. It was a pleasure. We yeah. loved it. We were messaging in between whilst we were waiting. Like, oh my God, this is so fun. And I miss this, fam. No one ain't making you leave, G. I always wonder why birds choose to live in the same place when they could fly anywhere on Earth. And then I ask myself the same question. Harun Yaya, you ain't slick, G. Moving like you got your own words of wisdom like that waste, man. Hey guys, it's Flippy Wig. I'm Max, and a huge thank you to the director, Abraham Adiyami, who has made this awesome film. It's called No More Wings, and the producer, of course, Abiola Rafaya. Really nice to catch up with the guys. We have two of the stars of the film. They play Jude and Isaac. I have Paris Jordan and Ivano Jeremiah with me now. Hey guys, the first thing I want to ask, um, Ivana, I'll go to you. Um, You've done so many cool things over the last couple of years. What was it about Abe's film that made you think, I want to do this? It was a strange one. I think Abe called me at a time when I was visiting some friends in Spain, actually. He had a little bit of time off um, from filming. And um, he sounded much like um, a lot of people I grew up with um, from South London. And the script actually struck a chord with me. And it felt like going through many a situation as I did with a few friends around here um, about the growth and the shift and, um, you know, people having come from relatively underprivileged backgrounds, but developing and seeing their rift and have the dynamic shifts in relationships. Paris, I know you knew Abraham and Abby already. That's what they, yeah. they said, that they knew you. Um, so when they approached you to do this, was it just like a natural hell yeah? Because they were people you kind of were already aware of and were friends with? So yeah, I'd done a, a, one of Abraham's plays called The Cage, um, which is kind of similar issues, um, different characters. Um, it's about two brothers and stuff. And I just love the way Abraham writes, um, if I'm honest. And so I thought, you know what? Whatever he throws in front of me, I'll give it a read and I'll go for it, to be fair, because whatever the subject matter he chooses kind of always rings true to me. And that's the most important thing. It's not, I mean, the subject matter is important, of course. However, it's his way of presenting it. If I don't like for you, like your, your career is going full circle, knowing that this is a representation of where you grew up. How has your journey been? Because Abraham's was very strategic to get to this point. It's, it's my 10th year professionally. Um, Having gone through a certain, a number of hoops um, to get to where I am. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see the way the industry is opening up um, compared to how it was leaving drama school 10 years ago. Um, and I think ever more exciting to see what other work there is out there. Stories from wider cultures, stories from more women, stories from, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an exciting time to see this kind of work and to see that, um, this little film that we shot in Morley's in Lewisham last summer made it all the way to Tribeca and won something. Um, and that's quite galvanising to know that, that people are listening. Yeah. And while creating, it's quite good energy. Paris, your experience early on before you started to actually shoot your first film or doing um, your first theatre show, was it tough for you to get seen in that space? And did you go the traditional way? Yeah, um, I also went to drama school like Ivana I did my three years, finished, and was like, whoa, okay, there's not much option here. Uh, so, 
yeah, I went through the same thing as a lot of people. Um, however, it, I mean, the whole experience was interesting. I mean, when we spoke the other day, I was saying to you about my first ever experience um, of racism, and that was my first day going to drama school. It wasn't in the institute, but it was on my walk to school. I was on my way from our halls to the building, and as I was crossing one of the roads, someone was driving past me. It was just like, get out of the fucking road, you monkey. Sorry about the swearing. That's just a quote of what they said. Mm. Um, and I was just like, wow, that was what, 2012 or 2013, something. I was like, what? Mm. People still speak like that. I'd never experienced racism in that manner before, up until that point, being in London, growing up in a multicultural area, school, all of that. Um, so from that point on, I was just kind of hyper aware of my race and where I sat and kind of how I should have portrayed myself to people. because. Um, there was not very many, any BAME, any kind of non-white people in the school as a whole anyway. So, yeah, that was a very strange experience. It's not like you're changing who you are, but you almost find yourself adapting to make people feel comfortable with you being in that space. I'm definitely somebody that I think I, I've absolutely done it unintentionally, intentionally. Ivana, I'm wondering with you, the last time I spoke to you was the flood. And I remember that's a predominant, I mean, it was, it was a story about immigration and refugees and black people, but it was a predominantly white production team. Some of the spaces you're in now, you feel that you have to present yourself in a certain way so they're comfortable. I hope I've said that right, guys. No, yeah, you have. You have fantastically. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a conversation of kind of admission. You know, the, the stories of late don't feel to me like any problems have been solved. You know, it's not as if any of us have just began our journey as black men. Like, it, for, <laughs> this is a history of having been very, very versatile, being able to speak and express yourself in certain situations and to deal with... Um, maybe being the only person like you in the room and, you know, the weight of that, the representation of that. And so there's a particular set of skills that we had to learn from a very, very young age um, to just survive, not only in amongst, um, you know, our community and stuff like that, but also the code switching, just to be a successful person in society, to be able to secure your bag and pay your rent. There's that. And then, on the other side, there's also that, you know, no matter how far and how hard you've been working or whatever level you reach, that you can reach some places, you know, as I experienced on tour and stuff with Peter Brook doing the suit um, and the Royal Shakespeare RSC, that quite often you are reminded there is a lot of prejudice out there in the world. Why would you ever want to leave this? This is home, bro. We don't get no better than this. That's it. That's what makes this home. You know what you're getting? They don't even have more of these democides. You're going to be spending £15 on gentrified chicken and chips. You don't see yourself leaving ever. What for? This is ends, G. Not for much longer. Things are changing. Exactly. All the more reason to stay. For the glow up. Can't suffer for years and not claim the rewards. Reparations, You See, when I get my peas up, yeah? I'm moving to Royal Arsenal. Views, water. Got it all here. Home. It's interesting because Jude and um, Isaac are having this bit of a battle, aren't they? Because like Jude's like trying to keep it like, let's stay in the ends. Let's not be a part of this change, gentrification and going that way. And, and he doesn't get it. 
I'm just wondering, like, for you, did you relate at all on either of their points of view when you were shooting that film? I relate personally to both of their points of view. I mean, it's pretty obvious why anyone would want to remove themselves from a space of negativity, as it is seen. Um, however, I think Jude has an incredible point. What about those people who are left behind, who don't have the choice? How do they know? They have no, no role model, no one to show them that actually you can change your life. You can be better than what you were born into. And I think that's the point of any kind of drama. You need to juxtapose in and strong argument. But do you think Isaac going, changing, fixing up and changing? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ...his life and wearing a suit and a nice watch... To me, watching it, it didn't feel like he sold out or forgot his roots. It was almost like he was growing and trying to give a different, um, I guess, a different choice. Because a lot of people feel this pressure. You've got to stay in the end. You've got to represent. Where are you going? What are you wearing? I mean, that, that in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to every one of those little voices in your head on those points of view, I beg anyone to leave their door and actually do anything that, you know, that at its best, this is highlighting the pressures that, a lot of people have just operated in. Yeah. You know, um, those little micro um, expenditures of energy that actually take from the true energy and focus and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. Your um, peer, John Boyega, went and he protested peacefully with everybody in Hyde Park. Did you not see that passionate, heartfelt? Yeah, it, it really touched us all, I think. Um, also said, I may not work ever again you know, which obviously won't be the case because I saw a lot of his colleagues and um, people he's worked with just say, we're so proud of you, you did the right thing. But even so, in that moment, it was pretty brave, you know, for one of the big Star Wars guys, you know, he's had his big moment to step out and say, I'm black and really scream and shout that I've had enough of this. Um, I was very proud of him um, to see the young man that he's grown into and to see what um, how his work and his art has led him to form his, and quite publicly present his political stance. He didn't have to stand up on that podium. Um, 
I'm not sure if I agree that his work would have been at any immediate threat ever at any point in this, but um, it is for people in these positions to step up. Um, a lot of the fear and I guess anxiety and trauma of people not speaking up is tied into the risk that they then stand to um, yeah. to, t- to you know to take to have to live with, you know, that ultimately, let's say before, it is about securing the bag, and that a lot of these moves can have you, for want of a better phrase, blackballed from the industry. Yeah, and that just by his very standing up in that space early on in COVID times and um, speaking to America and, you know, reaching over the hand saying that, you know, we are not alone. That beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gesture will in turn, I'm sure, be like a knock-on effect to, you know, give these younger younger artists a little bit more base in their chest when they are speaking about issues that do hurt them deeply and affect them in every way of life. Yeah, long may he do that. And for more uh, people in that position to be able to um, step up to their responsibility would be great. Sorry, work emails. So what, a nine to five thing, don't want to stop at five, no? Not all of us were blessed with a thousand natural gifts. Some of us just had to get a degree. Ain't done you bad, no? (laughs) Anyway, how's Rihanna? Never been better. Uh, Bianca? Last year, Shola Amu put out a film called The Last Tree. I don't know if either of you have watched it. He's like a black, you have, okay, black British director doing his thing. Um, and then we had Ratman also. You know, he had a huge moment. I think he ended up having one of the most successful independent films of last year, even though, guys, it was end of the year. So for him in the end of the year to have racked up enough, like, people to go and see that at the cinemas and beat almost every other independent film for the whole year is, like unheard of and also huge not just for a black filmmaker but for an independent filmmaker now we've got abraham adiyami and we've got um people like abby rufaya right now trying to make their time harris how important is it like for the community for people that love cinema love film to actually get behind these new filmmakers because it's great to have a rap man in the show like Amber, but we need more people don't we in this space i think it is the most essential thing for everyone to support small independent uh, projects across the board um, especially since the effect coronavirus has had on the industry and all industries as a whole um, I, th- I cannot put into words how important it is I think that people need to get behind these these people like Abraham or Abby directors producers actors everyone writers all of it do you feel optimistic because it feels like it's a bit of a revolution going on I would be lying if I said I felt optimistic only because of a point Ivano said that I completely agree with that I don't want this to be a fad. We need to see it through. And that's, I can't sit here and go, yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm going to wait and see if in six months people still are trying to fix the situation or are talking about the situation. Optimism is kind of pointless if it runs into the ground by August. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Ivano, for you, like, I have a, a mixed, diverse bunch of friends. And I know a lot of my white friends are having these conversations with me. Now I'm wondering for you, has anybody reached out in your circle? Are you having those same conversations? And um, do you, I know you've said, like, what Paris has just said, and you said it previously about, I don't want this to be a fad. But is there any part of you that feels hopeful right now? I mean, yes, because this conversation's being had. Um, I saw something beautiful online yesterday by a friend of mine, Lashana Lynch fabulous fabulous actress just sort of on her instagram she wrote something as simple as imagine her mum saying to her imagine your grandma imagine how your grandma would feel about what's going on in london right about now 
you know, Windrush generation, having come here, the hostility I can only imagine on the roadside, like this in two generations, look how far we are. And that there are young, energetic black men and women, white women, men and women on the streets demanding the humanity back that Grandma Lynch didn't get at that time. So this for me is light years, but to be realistic, I, I'm, I have a strong relationship with East Africa. You know, I'm, I hug many worlds. And so those stark injustices are there. And so this, this, this for me is kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I think kind of telling to the lifestyle of excess we've been, we've learned to applaud and, 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 and aspire to isn't sustainable. And that I think if we tap into our resources laterally, um, hear from other cultures, listen to our women, yeah. um, ultimately that's evolution already. Game of Thrones, when the prequel was announced, I think for all of us in the industry, especially from, I felt so happy that I saw so many black people in leading roles and it was like, yes, this is amazing. And I remember talking to you at the flood and being so excited about it for you. And you look genuinely like gassed. Yeah, this is a good moment. We started shooting. I'm happy. And then HBO decided to pull it and go somewhere else because they feel more confident with somewhere else. The conversations within our sort of media circles were, is it because it's more of a black cast and it's a different style of cast than what they've previously had? And somebody didn't see the the belief in this long term will it attract enough of a mainstream audience i urge people to have a little look online yeah. and see videos in response to that and i think that quite frankly lays out a lot more without me um targeting any companies directly right now um i also think there may be that idea i was just thinking about this after a conversation that like i think in it's not in a nutshell i think that project was maybe a year too early in its um in this generation they weren't ready for it now the thing that's ironic is now we're going to get projects like they that ready for, yeah. you know and it's just incredibly frustrating to not sit in the past and be frustrated that the moment was there and it was right and it would have been much more authentic and genuine than than now when you're being forced to change they're lost they're lost, they're lost. you know it's it's these decisions that i know it's money driven but actually if it is about money yeah um, people of colour make bank. You know, we're speaking about Ratman. You know, despite everything that tried to block that film making box office, it still did. Look at Top Boy's reach. Like that dollar is, that pound, dollar pound yen is present and it is culture. Um, a friend of mine yesterday was sort of saying 18% of all of America is African American. And yet, <laughs> what, sort of almost all of the culture, almost all of the industries people of colour are prevalent in and contribute wholeheartedly. That It's not, you know, it's not on a promise or, you know, but yeah, it's just so these companies know, one, what they could be doing by committing to such projects and how, the doors they could be opening and also what they do when they cancel or drop such things and what that was space that puts um, people in in the meantime and... Um, you know, really, what, what are they planning on doing with their work? Do they just want to do the same thing over and over again? Or are we planning on actually progressing and open up and showing new angles and art? So, Does it encourage you guys to do what some of your peers that have been doing it a lot longer have started to do, producing, directing, 
writing for yourselves and creating your own films, your own shows. Um, Paris, you're nodding your head. Does it make you think, I need to be 360 to make this happen and also to move forward with this? Oh, yeah. Um, I think we need to get more stories out, ultimately. Um, we are not one-dimensional. We are not one thing. We do not represent an entirety as one being. I do not represent the Black community. Ivano doesn't. Do you know what I'm saying? We are not one. Um, so I think it's majorly important that we can like write, direct, act, um, produce, 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 produce. Um, yeah, I think it's super important. For those young boys and girls that are looking at you lot, like advice, Ivano, is there anything you could say for them to be ready and prepared and not to give up on their dreams? A fantastic actor once said to me, before stepping on stage while we're doing um, Julius Caesar RSC. Jeffrey Kassoon, actually, who's had a fantastic, strange story um, industry-wise and all sorts of maltreat, but that's a whole other saga and people have to look into that themselves. He said to me that every time you step on stage, it's a political act. Now, knowing that, I think that's all the advice that needs to be had. Do you mean, like, my very presence, your very presence, your, your I mean, the fact that your journalism, you open up for tens of sisters behind you, that just your essence is enough. Thank and then you. anything you want to add on to that, please do. But you, your existence is important and you have a function. So the choice of work, let that encompass it, let it, but yeah, you are political, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Big city boy and that. <laughs> Man like Jude. You been waiting long? Six wings and chips, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Nah, don't worry about it. Right, I'm joined by the two young stars from No More Wings, Joshua Cameron and Tyrus McKenzie. Guys, how did it feel for the film to be out in the world? Over the last week or so, it's been everywhere over on YouTube with um, the We Are One Global Film Festival. Did your mates all get behind it and support? Um, yeah, yeah, a few of them did, man. I made sure I shared it on my story a few times just to kind of like, yo, you got to see this, man. <laughs> and they thought it was really, really good. They um, they let me know that it was very important and it was such a, like, a, it, the timing of the film coming out in terms of just um, going up and being able to stream it now in such a, you know, hectic time. It was just like, they just felt like it was such a relevant, relevant piece of, piece of work, man. Kind of like, just look at what was going on and then, Think about how this could impact children, like you, the youth watching it as well, and like especially targeting them and going, is that can they relate to the film? Or do they feel like at whatever age they were at, like they're at watching it, it could be like they could apply that and be like, I don't want to, I don't want that to be me kind of thing. If I have a gift or have um, a passion for something, I really want to pursue it. And this film kind of opened my eyes to like what I want to do and not miss any opportunities I get, especially being someone, you know, what I'm saying being part of Black youth and and growing up in a similar environment as those, the roles of young Jude and Isaac, and like making sure that that's not, not them in terms of going down the wrong path. See when I blow, yeah? You know what I'm gonna do? What? See that crib on Occupation Lane? Yeah. 3.7 million is mine. How much? For Woolwich. Dream bigger, bro. There's more to life. Um, I ain't never leaving the ends, G. You never heard there's no place like home? <laughs> Bear wisdom, fam. <laughs> Guys, do you think, like, as young actors, young creators in the industry, seeing other black 
men and women on screen it's made a difference because like you know we've got people like Ivano Paris but then we've also got Ashley Waters we've got Kano we've got Daniel Kaluuya we've got John Boyega we've got Naomi Aki you know Letitia Wright there's a lot of different people now that are on the big screen and a lot of the musicians as well that people look up to like the Daves you know the little sims they're also now starring in things like Top Boy so has it made a difference seeing those people on screen and made you think actually I look like them so I feel like I can do this most definitely because it's a thing where it's like with the whole um Blue story it first originally started out as like a little music thing so then when I've heard how Ratman has been able to make a whole film about it it was like whoa this is like a big step for him and even our like whole culture as well and it just like let it all made us realize that we can really like do something with this that we can go so much ways and so there's so much opportunities for us it's such a intense time at the moment a lot of stuff is happening all over the world right here in our country as well and black lives matter and we're talking about it we're, pro- we're protesting peacefully i spoke to ivana and paris about it earlier um also to abraham and abby just sharing the experience of being a black person in film and and how you're treated if it's different and where it comes from and then how we challenge it but i'm wondering for you two as two young actors um have either of you ever experienced it where you just felt like that felt like racism. That felt like I'm being judged because of my skin tone. Um, I have had, when I've gone to an audition, I have had people look at me and be like, oh, they've given me that look. So then it's just, in, within myself, I've just thought like, oh, wow. Like, at first, I didn't really know because at a young age, it was just like, it was new to me that like, why is everyone looking at me differently? But then as I've grown up, I realised that they would look they would look at you completely different and it's just like mm. we're here for the same thing but yeah. because of the color of my skin it's just it's, yeah it's just mind-baffling to me yeah it's almost like that that kind of i remember um, there was an interview one time with kanye not too long ago last year was like as black people we compromise our voices for certain things and we compromise a lot in terms of when we step into certain rooms or step into certain environments or you know, don't ruin the deal kind of thing comes into place. But um, I, I remember when I was young, I, I was actually a part of the um, Roll Up House youth company from about eight to 12. Like I was, I was kind of going there every Saturday, kind of be, it was kind of just it was acting, obviously opera music as well, like getting to see that and coming from a place of like a hip hop soul background, like a quite eclectic music background growing up in a household full of that. Like going there and seeing that world was really interesting for me. And I remember, I think, I was I was going for an audition, I think, for an opera called La Bohème. Um, it was it was through the company, and we we joined and and done it. But I, was, I think there was one point where I was in a room with a couple other kids, and I had cameras at this point, and they were kind of like, like, why is his hair like that? Or like, I think I overheard them kind of talking like, why is that? He's not gonna get the role because his hair's like that. Or like, he doesn't look like that kind of character that could be in this. So it wasn't. There's no black people kind of thing in this in this opera and I was just interested to see that. That was one of the first moments where I was like really young and I was like, wow, is it, do I have to compromise and take out my hair for this role or like, am I gonna have to, you know what I'm saying? You know, we've got a GCSEs in a few months. I know what you're like. When you want to do something, you get so sick at it. Done though. No, obsessed. Can't wait till after exams. All right, mom. Um, you know men don't even revise for exams and I still get A stars. In English, in science, you got a C. Bruv, don't watch that. Those are mocks, fam. 
And when I blow off this grime thing, I won't even need them. A top MC from a grammar school in Kent. Really? Fam, a top MC from Woolwich. SC18, cuz. The bits, fam. So you did the shoot over a couple of days, South East London, Morley's, Eula, Ivano, Paris, um, Abraham, Abby, like the production team. It just feels like it was such a family vibe. What was your experience like being on set with everyone? Well, <laughs> I, can, I can literally remember the first time, the exact like, moment I got there. Like, I all got there, I got out of the car and I've just seen like this tent and it has all the equipment. I was like, Whoa! <laughs> like we haven't even started shooting, but it was, it was just like a calm atmosphere, and it looked so like sick. So then, when we've um gotten changed and everything, uh, me and Tyrus are literally just sitting there, and we're like, bro, like this is gonna be sick. Like, I cannot wait. And then I remember like um shooting our first scene, and I was like, even though it's in the chicken shop, it just it felt like we made it. Like it just Aww. it just felt so good. Like, it literally felt like this is it this this right here this has like, done it for us like the i just remember seeing like the all the equipment and it was like even though it's a short film it felt like we were shooting like a very big film i just felt so good so good oh, and you know what the chemistry between you guys was just so real like i believed it you like looked like you genuinely became friends um tyrus what was it like for you yeah, nah, we, we were we were cool. Like we when we first met when we were rehearsing, I was just telling my mum the other day, like that was one of my favourite um times like rehearsing and getting to rehearse the script, I think, because we just kept that bounce. We kind of caught that bounce as soon as we started doing it. And I was just like, Yeah, like I remember when Abe left the room at one point, we were just talking about different things that we we liked and people that we knew had, had in common, things like that. And it was just sick, man. It was just sick. I never knew how a director would act, so I was like, Oh, like, I hope Abe's not like strict or anything. But then when he like was um giving us like orders on what to do, I was just like, I remember I was just like, Abe was just so calm about it. Like he was so calm. And I remember there was a scene where uh, me and Tyrus were like vibing to the music. And I can remember like seeing Abe in the background, like he was like, Yeah, this scene's harder than that. Like, and I was just like, wow, like the bond we had, it was almost like Abe could have literally been in the film with us. Like, he could have been a part of that, the team. And it was, yeah, it was just an amazing experience to work with him. Yo, you done? You record the SPs? Yeah, fam. Sunday, still. Yeah. After football. Wow. Man's done with the football thing, still. It's long. But you've got West Ham trials coming. Buff, are you hungry? It's the Flippy Week podcast, and we are all about supporting creatives that are doing incredible things that need to be showcased in film and music. Two of the actors from brand new movie No More Wings are with me, Josh and Tyrus. We're talking about Black Lives Matter right now and everything that's going on in the world and people protesting peacefully and basically getting to a point where everyone has had enough and it is time for change. Guys, like amongst your friends, um, I know a lot of us have like black, brown and white friends. Um, what sort of conversations are you guys having? The conversations that I have, I, I have these conversations all the time, to be honest, like I really do like, talking with friends and, and my peers, my fellow brothers, and, and, and just kind of talking to them about, like, how, how a real change can come and, and where the 
root of this all could possibly start to change and evolve like for, for the better and for the next generations to come. I think we look into like, we talk about schools and like how curriculums could, could be pitched and changed and redefined and redesigned. Like that would be really, really, I think something, a place to start as well. Um, for one of the one of the, the the big kind of aspects of change, like really looking at how things can definitely change for real. All right, guys, let's let's look forward, like to some changes. What can we do? I want to know what you lot would do. So let's say you are prime minister for the day. Let's move Boris aside. Josh, starting off with you, what would you do? What would you change? What would you implement? Oh wow, <laughs> I would change so much. Like so, so much. Okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go too much into it because I would be, we'd be here all day. But basically, um, if I was prime minister, one thing that I would do, like one main thing I would li- that make sure I would do, mm-hmm. is that I would open, like, branches all over London, where black or ethnic minorities can come in, and they can discuss their problems, discuss what's going on discuss how they feel with like therapists mentors because like we've it's even now like it's been going on for how many years you're either not like let's say for instance you might not have someone who can help you in life like be a guardian for you or you decide to go down the wrong path and that's where it's like oh, when you grow up, you're going to realise that you've messed up now. And then really and truly, even if, even in this very moment in time, we can't literally go to someone and be like, yo, we need help because there's not anywhere out there for us to do that unless it's home. Do you know what? I think that is such an awesome idea. That's huge. And if anything, Josh, like if you don't mind me saying, I think that should actually be everywhere all across the country, not just London in all the big cities, because, you know, cities like Manchester, Birmingham, there are so many multicultural communities everywhere that literally would appreciate somewhere that they could go to, somewhere they could go for support, mentoring, really, really good idea there from you as well. Um, Tyrus, what about you, Prime Minister for the day? Like, what would you do? I think I'd, I'd try and invest. Yeah, I just invest financial. I make I make financial investments in the black community and communities of you know like minorities and just try to help help rebuild those communities I think rebuild them and and implement things that can really help the youth give them opportunities to see a a a different way than other than what they're just surrounded by what they may think is the only way I think I just try and focus on that and um invest in in the in the future There goes the gym work, fam. Never expected you to want to come more these. Takes for the finer things in life, no? No, it's tradition, man. Plus, them fancy places. Ain't got nothing on more these, believe. The film is called No More Wings. This is the Flippy Wig podcast. I'm Max. We are all about showcasing fresh talent, homegrown, especially um, Brits that are going against the grain to do incredible things in film and music. This week's guest, um, director, writer, Abraham Adiyami, producer, Abiola Rufai, also Ivana Jeremiah, Paris Jordan, Joshua Cameron, Tyrus McKenzie. I feel like this could be our biggest guest list ever. Like, we literally had six guests in one show. Don't ask me about the editing, but um, 
on a serious note though it was an absolute pleasure having everyone on and people being so very open to sharing their experience as black creators within the film industry I hope you feel enlightened I hope you feel a bit more educated and, and kind of just understand um, how different the experience can be when you are a black actor a black writer a black director uh, and also I hope it inspires you if you're listening right now thinking, God, I really want to do this and I feel like my skin tone, who I am, is going to limit those opportunities. Everybody we spoke to today are people that have gone against the grain and not given up and really and truly love being in the film industry. So I've just felt so like um, uplifted by the chats and the honesty as well because you've just got to be real about these things in order for us all to hopefully move forward and make a better community and just support each other. Like I said, the film is called No More Wings. Um, it has just been shown at a festival. We are one, the Global Film Festival. And the plan is, um, as Abe said earlier, the director, to have it at more festivals and to get it online at some point. So we will keep you posted as soon as we hear more about where that film will be for you to check it out. In the meantime, please do feel free to leave a comment. Subscribe, catch up on all of the guests that you've missed previously. We've got loads of guests waiting for you. Jacob Banks, Troy Kelly, Jim Cummings. Mark Jenkins, Ari Lennox, and we will be back soon with another podcast. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.